Welcome to the Movie Planet. With Joe. You are a vain, greedy, cruel boy. JC. We drank, we fought, you made his ancestors proud. And Steve. You're big. Fought bigger. All right, welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Thor to my Loki, JC. Welcome back, sir. It's good to have you back on the show. It's good to be back. That stuff still gives me chills. The music? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Like, there's just something about that song. My my wife will laugh at me because when I put this Blu-ray or DVD in, I would just let the, the menu play. Okay. Because the menu is this song. Oh, yes, it is. It is because yep. it's just a hammer flying through the the universe nether realms whatever, whatever that, it is whatever it's called yeah and uh it'll just play on loop and i'll just like be doing <laughs> stuff around the house and every once in a while the wife will come in and be like why is that playing <laughs> and i'm just good. like because it's good yeah. and she's like then put your headphones on it is my it is my favorite theme for an avenger so far in the series do you buy movie soundtracks? Like, actually go and get the CDs or like, do we? Do well, we, I go. I on, buy CDs. I'll go on, do people I'll, still buy CDs? Anymore? I don't think. I, I don't. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a CD. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I uh, I'll buy like when the new Star Wars comes out. That's that's something I have to get. So you always get the the I, Star Wars. I get like I go to iTunes. I buy the entire album. So are are there Avengers movies? Are there Marvel movies where you've actually gone and bought the soundtrack? Yes, there is. Which one? Endgame. Oh, Endgame. Endgame, I bought the soundtrack only because Portals tears me up every time. I don't remember Portals. I'll have to... I'll Portals remember. is when uh, you hear the music when everybody starts coming back. I need. We need to go see it. with Now that they've added the extra scenes, we need to yeah. go see it. Because I'm actually one of those few crazy people that only saw it once. I didn't see it 12 <laughs> times. I only saw it the one time. You heard about the guy that was trying to break the record, right? No, I didn't. What's He's this? like at 103 times or something. Good God, man. Who has that time? I love movies, but not that much. He's, I'm, and I'm, I told Joel. My I was like, kidneys can't handle that. My bla- Good Lord, what's wrong with the guy's bladder? I said, Joel, it's not bad for him. It's bad for the Hold Guinness on. guy I'm who so- has to be there to witness all I'm of these. Sorry. I did. I didn't mean to gender specify. Is this a man or is is this a guy doing this or is this a girl attempting to do this? This is a guy. No woman would ever put herself through this Does, crap. <laughs> all right, just just be prepared. What's the time? Because you'll have to bleep. <laughs> does his does fifty four? Does his penis work? Like like, like how? Like I'm an, I'm an old guy. But you know this now when I go to movies. I want an aisle seat. He puts a cork in it. I, I want, good, but how? 107 times? Is that what the number was? It's like, it was 103 last time 103. I saw. 103. Yeah. Golly, that's a lot of not peeing. Well, my first thought was, how is that a record? It just came out. What record is he breaking, or is he just setting one that can't be beaten? Well, I assume somebody saw a movie more than 103 oh. times. I guess, I guess that's the record. Although, why why Endgame? Like, find a 45-minute movie. It's three hours and two <laughs> minutes every single time. <laughs> it's uh. it, over 300 hours. <laughs> All right, well, sorry for that tangent, but that was just... My head was messed up on that one. I had to, I had to vent my... my Thought process. Is that your face palm of the week? <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, but no, so like you bought Endgame. Yeah. 
when I when I first saw Thor, and I I said this, I'll say this later when we do it because I wrote in the notes. I can't remember. I can't remember if I saw it in the theater or if I or if I didn't see it until it was on Blu-ray. I do think I saw it in the theater first. Yeah. Um, but I do know the minute the minute I came out of that movie theater, I'm like, I'm going to iTunes because like that's back. I don't even think Amazon Music or or whatever all the other play services were, you either bought a CD in 2011 or you bought music on iTunes. And right. I had the iPhone, so I do the whole iTunes thing. And I remember literally like clicking on my phone and doing it, and I didn't even ask my wife for permission. <laughs> I literally just like downloaded that thing, and I was listening to the soundtrack. You are a soundtrack guy, though. I am, but I am a soundtrack guy, but th- it's still on my playlist. The Thor is? Yeah, like I probably listened to the Thor soundtrack two or three days ago when I was working in the garage. Yeah. And it is it is just so I have to whenever you first assign this, I realize like you love the music. You're criticizing the movie. Like you're watching the movie. Because literally <laughs> I, I've I've listened to the soundtrack so many times. Yeah. Like, I know the movie because of the soundtrack. Right. And so, in a way, I'll listen to the soundtrack and I'll be like, oh, that scene looks really cool. <laughs> I don't know if it's it's my mind telling me what the scene looks like. I don't know. Like, I read through one of your things. You said something about Dutch angles. I'm like, WTF? Like, Do you know what Dutch angles are? I, do, I know what they are, but yeah. like, after I, I had uh, re-watched it before I had read your notes. And so, yeah. like, now I want to go back and watch it again. I'm like, what the hell? Like, what like I I need to go back and look and see are they all at these angles? Most of the awkward? angles are on these like this right here, or you know they're they're tilted. Uh, another I, we're I never we're, are we ever actually get this is we'll still get the, there. We're still at the introduction, but um, <laughs> don't worry. Sorry, I just ramble. <laughs> You've this, been, it's this, been a while, JC. It's, it's been a while since <laughs> since I've had a chance to ramble. So the, the newer listeners are like, who the f is this guy? <laughs> just shut up already. All I care about is the movies. They love you. Um, I had a student this year who was uh, very critical of pictures uh, that were taken. He was teaching me all about, well, you got to have the hor- horizon level. Okay. The, the horizon's got to be level. And so I guess I should start paying more attention to stuff like that. <laughs> well, this was, this, was, uh, this was Portals. This is the beginning of my workout music now. Like it so far. Oh, it's trumpets. You got me with the trumpets. Steve, on your left. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah, so, (laughs) I'm staring up. Listen to it. All right. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's not quite up there with Thor the destroy Thor kills the destroyer yet, which is the the theme. Like the name yeah. of that theme is Thor kills the destroyer. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert if you have seen the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, my bad. Um, I'm really bad at that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is a spoiler rich podcast, so if you I've haven't seen always this. <laughs> always been bad at that. But I I need to listen to it the whole way through. Um, 
as far as epic music like that, have yeah. you ever heard of the group Two Steps from Hell? You had me listen to them on the way to the Preds Wings game. Is that I did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that was fantastic. I, I'm, I asked you, I was like, what movie is this from? Or, no, I said, what video game cutscene is this from? And they're not. <laughs> they're, they're, well, I found other ones. I found a new song last night called Men of Honor and Men of Honor Part 2. Yeah. And it's very similar to what you just played with Portals. Yeah. So it's... All right, I promise this isn't a, a music podcast. <laughs> no, because here's the thing. Good music, the minute you hear it, you can picture the scene. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, hey, be- before we get started, unfortunately, Steve could not make it today. Yeah, Steve. He, he had every intention, filled out the notes. Would have been a great surprise to get you two together on the show, but he had some last-minute family stuff that took his time away, JC. I'm sure you completely understand about this being the yeah. ultimate family man on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, Steve, please do not ever, 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 and listen to me again, ever. <laughs> Choose a podcast over family. Come on, man. <laughs> I'll understand 95% of the time. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can email me at movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at slash movieplanetpod, Twitter and Instagram at movieplanetpod. And on this show, we keep track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve. The comic book Movie Planet Preserve is comprised of seven and only seven movies. And currently, there are five in this preserve. They are Deadpool with a perfect day, Iron Man with a perfect day, Green Lantern with a C+. Iron Man 2 with a C plus and the Incredible Hulk with an average rating of a C. Is that the that's the uh Edward Norton one? Ed Norton one. one. Okay. Yeah. Uh any of those that uh you want to add your grade to, perhaps? You did Deadpool, oh, Iron Man, and Green Lantern. I was gonna say those I'm all sticking with Iron Man 2 is really a C? C plus. Yeah. It's just above average. I think Man. he grad he graded it a I graded it a C minus, and he graded it a B. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize how jam packed with plot it was. Like there was too many plot lines in this movie. Yeah, I'm trying to to go back. Well, if you listen to the show, you'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, no, I'll release it, right. and you can listen then. I'm I'm trying to like reimage, and I what's sticking out. I'm like, but I like that. But I like that. That's all Iron Man three. And that's exactly well, Iron- every everything that I'm thinking of. But yeah. I like that. I like that. That's all. I, I'm remembering Iron Man three. What what was Iron Man two about? Help me remember. Uh, oh, well, that's a big part right there. Is we can't remember what it's really about. It's about. Uh, it starts off with him at the Senate meetings. Oh, the whole thing with him and the other. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot. In this fact, one's pro- yeah, I probably would have given it like a B, B minus. I put in there that the directors and writers tried to accomplish the following things. Make his palladium poisoning a storyline. Make his alcoholism a storyline. Make Ivan Vanko a storyline. Make Justin Hammer a storyline. Make Stark's daddy issues a storyline. Introduce Black Widow, Nick Fury, and War Machine. Put turmoil into it him and relationship. Have Tony deal with Senate hearings. Make the Stark Expo a storyline. It was way too much. Yeah, and because it was so much, yeah. I forgot about it. It's and that if you if you listen to yeah, I probably I probably yeah, it's probably part of my reason why I wasn't high on Toy Story four either. A C a C or B a C or B minus. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's not one of the better ones. I mean, there's there's I mean, it's still above average. And now, as I'm like remembering the story, I remember Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, and he's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the higher we grade, the grade we give this, the uh, longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it down on its butt from the preserve in the future. So we will discuss the movie, and in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen 2011's Thor, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business with how this movie got made. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. 
Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. All right, well, this week we're discussing 2011's Thor, a movie made for $150 million that brought in $449.3 million worldwide. Doesn't seem like a lot today compared to what's, what these Marvel movies take in now, but back then, that was a haul. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. It's the Avengers that are taking in a billion dollars. This is a one-person movie. What did this compare to, like, the Iron Man and, like... Yeah, um, this was actually a step back. Oh, it was a step it was, back? This was a step back, and Cap was a step back, and Avengers kind of blew everything out of the water after that. Because these are, these are the two characters that people were the most leery about, I think. I was going to say, I don't think people knew a whole lot about Thor, and I'll be honest... When I first saw this movie and I saw Kenneth Branagh was directing it, in my head, I'm like, he's the Shakespeare guy, right? <laughs> yep. Why is the Shakespeare guy? But and, but then I saw the movie and I'm like, okay, never mind. Makes uh, sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Natalie Patman. Patman. <laughs> Natalie Pacman. Natalie Portman is Jane Foster. Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Stellan Skarsgård is Eric Selvig. Colm Fiore is Loffy. Idris Elba is Heimdall. Kate or Kate. Kat Dennings is Darcy Lewis. Renee Russo is Frigga. I love that name. Anthony Hopkins is Odin. Ray Stevenson is Volstagg. Tadanabu Asano as Hogan. Josh Dallas is Fandral. Jamie Alexander is Wonder Woman. I mean, I mean Sif. Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. Jeremy Renner is Clint Barton, or Hawkeye. And Clark Gregg is Agent Phil Coulson. And Stanley as a guy who busts his truck trying to haul the hammer out of the crater. There you go, Stanley. <laughs> That's a Stanley thing right there. Um, I was really surprised when I read that, like how far down Idris Elba was. Yeah, and we'll talk about this later. He hit, man, you want to talk about a character I want backstory on is Heimdall. So, oh my God, so much, yes. Yeah. To to totally undeveloped, I thought. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to know more about me some Heimdall. Yeah. Plus, let's be honest, who doesn't want Idris Elba on the screen for a little bit longer? It's America's sexiest man. He is an eye candy person with some bronze <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I still maintain I should have been the soul stone. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. Uh, Development-wise, this all starts with Sam Raimi, of all people. After he made the movie Dark Man in 1990, he approached 20th Century Fox about doing a Thor movie, but the studio declined it because it was way too far out there. Uh, which, I get it. Norse gods, we've never seen this on the screen before. Yeah, that's true. You know, fast forward to 1997, Marvel Studios is growing. Script outlines for every property Marvel has hold are being developed. Ideas are being bandied about. And then X-Men comes out in 2000. Thank God. And busts the doors open on comic book movies. Now, Thor gets set up to be a TV show. They write a script, and they tried to get Tyler Maine, the guy who played Sabretooth in, in the X-Men movie, to play Thor. That'd have been bad. It would have been very bad. That'd have been very bad. <laughs> the TV show falls through when Marvel Studios buys Artisan Entertainment to help finance Thor as a film instead of a TV show. And four years after that, still nothing was being done. Really? They just you mean didn't... a movie studio is not <laughs> doing anything? Not, not doing I'm... any work? <laughs> Are they by chance Sony? <laughs> as a matter of fact, <laughs> Sony Pictures <laughs> then buys the rights. To the film writes to Thor and tries to get David S. Goyer in 2004 to write and direct the film. Still, nothing gets done, and now the movie is set to be distributed through Tony Stony Pictures. <laughs> yeah, Stony Pictures, Stony exactly. Because they're all stoned to work over there. <laughs> in comes a fan of the Thor comic named Mark Protosevich, who agrees to write a script in April of 2006. 
the project gets moved to Paramount Pictures when they buy the rights from Sony. The Thor, Thor gets passed like a joint all over Hollywood. Yeah, but are people enjoying the hit? I don't think so it? if it keeps not getting made. Uh, <laughs> but if they keep passing it, that usually means it's some good shit. Well, finally... <laughs> That year, the film was announced to be a Marvel Studios production. They signed Matthew Vaughn to direct the film, and he rewrites the Protosevich script to bring the budget down from $300 million to $150 million. He cut it in half. Yeah, he did. I wonder what the $300 million one looked like. <laughs> probably, probably CGI shots. Probably a That's, lot of space stuff. Well, space stuff, but also I guarantee the bulk of where, like, Film budgets go astronomical as they're trying to essentially, there is real person. Let's fill it with CGI around him because that'll look great. Yes. <laughs> uh, in May of 2008, director Matthew Vaughn is released when his deal expires. Now it's time to search for a director. Now they approached Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, I'll do it. Just kidding. And he was really excited about it and wanted to actually incorporate more of the original Norse mythology into the entire story. However, in typical Del Toro fashion, he turns it down to direct The Hobbit, which he also turned down later on. But <laughs> if you've heard my long diatribe on The Hobbit, you understand Del Toro didn't really want to. Miramax wouldn't actually sell the rights, thus allowing them to actually start filming. So when you're a director sitting on your thumb for <laughs> six months, it's kind of hard not to do anything. Probably during both movies, he was setting up Pacific Rim. <laughs> Possibly. No, I, I genuinely think that Del Toro would have done a good Hobbit, but I blame Miramax for that. The I think Del Toro would have been a great Hobbit. The, the, yeah. the fact that Miramax would not <clears throat> let them get started on filming and was holding that all up and... Yeah. Finally, uh, Peter Jackson had to step in. Sorry to turn this into The Hobbit, but... No, this will be an appendix on the later show. But there you go. <laughs> hey, they're the best part of the movies. <laughs> DJ Caruso was in talks to direct it, but never saw a script. And a week later, Kenneth Branagh enters negotiations to get behind the camera and see this through. Now, Tyler Maine, Sabretooth, is no longer the front runner for Thor, so they decided to go after Daniel Craig. Wow. Could but you see Daniel Craig with long hair? I can't. I can't either. I can't. Not, I feel like that would have been very bad. He'd be too old. Because he's doing Casino Royale after this. No, I get it, but I'm just like the long hair, dude. Yeah. I, no. I, I can't see what. Not, no. Yeah. No. Then uh, Liam Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston auditioned for the role, but both were passed over for Hemsworth's brother, Chris, by Kevin Feige. Yay, Kevin Feige to save the day. <laughs> I knew he was going to get it. <laughs> I was like, is there any chance we're not going to get a phase reference? No, no. And Steve's been working it as much as possible into the shows. Uh, Hiddleston signed on to play Loki immediately afterwards because he had worked with Branagh before, and the rest is history. Well, technically, it's all history because the minute we say it, it's in the past. Ha, ha, ha. And speaking of the past, do you remember seeing this for the first time, JC? Um, I, I honestly can't remember. I, I genuinely think I saw this one in the theater, but yeah. I honestly can't remember if I saw it alone or if I maybe took the wife. I might have taken the wife no. uh, with me. But regardless, the first time I remember seeing it, which it had to have been the movie theater. I had to have seen it in the movie theater first because I do. I remember leaving the movie theater and the first thing I did was buy the soundtrack on my phone. Okay. I remember doing that. Yeah. Because you could like do it through the app and then it was instantly on your phone and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I saw it in an empty theater. I was kind of surprised. This is the one time in a Marvel movie I've, it was an empty theater. Uh, I left the movie thinking, wow, Marvel actually did it. They, I thought this was going to bomb. I totally thought this was going to be the miss. And 
Marvel preview roll. I, they proved me. And you know what? I make another prediction later on when we do Guardians of the Galaxy. Go, this is where they'll mess up. And again, they don't. Again, because of the music. It <laughs> actually no, the the camaraderie in that movie is pretty it, good it, too. Every time I predicted a bomb for Marvel, I it, it's like it's never happening. It's like Tom Brady. When is he going to retire? He isn't retiring. So you're saying <laughs> every time you predict a bomb, it blows up in your face? <sighs> yes, JC. Damn, I missed you. <laughs> well, we're going to jump into the synopsis here right after this important scene from the film. Why did you bring us back? You realize what you've done, what you've started? I was protecting my home. You cannot even protect your friends. How can you hope to protect the kingdom? Come to the healing room. No! There won't be a kingdom to protect if you're afraid to act. The Jotuns must learn to fear me, just as they once feared you. That's pride and vanity talking, not leadership. You've forgotten everything I taught you. But a warrior's patience. While you wait and be patient, the Nine Realms laugh at us. The old ways are done. You'd stand giving speeches while Asgard falls. You are a vain, greedy, cruel boy. And you are an old man and a fool. Yes. I was a fool. To think you were ready. Father. Hey! Thor. Odin, son, you have betrayed the express command of your king. Through your arrogance and stupidity, you have opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and desolation of war! You are unworthy of these realms, unworthy of your title! You're unworthy of the loved ones you have betrayed. I now take from you your power in the name of my father and his father before. I owed it all, father. All right, this synopsis of the movie is courtesy of IMDb. Three scientists, Jane Foster, Eric Selvig, and Darcy Lewis, are in the New Mexico desert in a four-wheel drive van studying an aurora borealis-type phenomenon. Suddenly, a large tornado-slash-lightning storm develops, and they drive towards it. The van hits a man. (laughs) The van hits a man. Inside the maelstrom, and they stop. The man, a well-built and handsome blonde, is (laughs) a pirate? (laughs) 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 Is that my conscience? I love this scene, but it's not lit very well. <laughs> oh, see, I I love it too, but yeah. I love the pretty colors. Like I like Oh, how, when it comes down. Exa- I like how dark it is because it makes the sky brighter. Yeah. When I saw this, oh man, I need to look it up. Did uh Skyrim come out? Ooh. I don't think so cuz I was still in Florida. Skyrim came out in 2011. Nove- so, oh, it was after. It was November 2011. But then it wasn't. It was Red Dead Redemption, the original Red Dead Redemption. Okay. If you played that game, you could literally, and I did this, you would just like look at the stars. <laughs> just stare at the That's, constellations. Like, it, you were just so impressed. I'm like, holy cow, this looks so cool. 
And so with this scene, every time I see this scene, I also think of like those video games. Where I'm like, oh, look at the pretty star. <laughs> but in Skyrim, when you get to the end of the game and you go to um, Valhalla and all of that stuff. Yeah. That sky, like you almost wonder if they copied Thor after they made or but they came out in the same year. So they couldn't have. Right. But it's eerie. How similar the, the artwork was. The artwork is for the Skyrim scenes and the Thor scenes. So yeah, I, you yeah, know, it's I, I liked it. I also liked the setup because, like, you're not expecting them to like randomly hit a human being in the middle of this. Like, that's just <laughs> the first time I saw that. I remember being like, "Oh, oh, that hurt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but my other thing I'm looking at there is I'm like, why is every angle crooked? Like. Yeah, everything uh, in the opening, and I didn't. I mean, the first time, the first time I didn't really notice it because you're watching the movie, you're investing in the movie. And the second time, I'm kind of like, wait a second, because I was laying on my couch with my head diagonally, and it was matched up with it diagonally. Like, diagonally. Diagonally. <laughs> diagonally. For, diagonally. Uh, for our friend Ashley out there who's watching or reading those Harry Potters. Uh, <laughs> she really hasn't read Harry Potter yet. I can't believe that. Especially her. She's a reading specialist. I, I, I have no. Words. I'm disappointed in you, Ashley. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. <laughs> a voiceover describes a battle in 900 AD between the Jodens and the Frost Giants of Jodenheim and Asgardians. The Asgardians win, seize the power casket, leave it alone, it's all right, and return <laughs> to their realm. The speaker is Odin, talking to his two sons, one, the energetic blonde Thor, the other, a more thoughtful, dark-haired boy named Loki. Odin says both of them are worthy, but only one can be king. And I think the voiceover here feels like Lord of the Rings, and I really love it. Yeah, it is. It it very much harkens back. So you all know how I feel it about that. It, it catches the audience up because, again, this is an unknown history for most people. And thank you, Lord of the Rings, for giving movies that idea because, let's be honest, we talked about how X-Men set up Marvel and yes. Thor and all of this. Yep. Lord of the Rings proved you can do an epic movie and set up things with this prologue voiceover. Yes. It's sort of introduced, like, you can do a five-minute prologue voiceover to give a history and then hit into the meat of the story. Thank you, Lord of the Rings. Well, thank you, Dark Crystal, because Dark Crystal did it in the 80s, uh, explaining the Skeksis and the Gelflings. I didn't, I didn't watch that. <sighs> I've, I've never seen it. I shall be done. Uh, <laughs> you see Asgard for the first time, and this looks like the coolest place in the universe. Very pointy. Really? You don't like it? Uh, it's not that I don't like It's very shiny. It's very pretty. But I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, do they love gold? Because we all know, that, we all <laughs> know what we all know what happens to people that are like superficial and they all love gold. Is and, there a dragon nearby? <laughs> exactly. And then foreshadowing to like the later movies like Thor 2 and, and all of that. Isn't it ironic that the buildings yeah. are beautiful? The armor is beautiful. Oh, yeah. But then the citizens are wearing rags? Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, even the supposedly, like, rich citizens, the, yeah. like, the clothing does not look, like, pretty. No. No, all their, so, all so, their money has gone towards military and government. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, when you first see it, yeah, pretty, but it's also like, I don't know. It's one of those, like, when you first see the city, it's like, yeah, I don't trust this world. Well, you notice they <laughs> never take the camera down to the ghettos of Asgard. That's true. <laughs> uh, the music here, when they show Asgard for the first time, that's when oh. it, it, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Like, it, it's, it, well, it's the best music so far in the series, as you, far as I'm you, concerned. You, you had to be in, because how are you watching the movie? If you uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Anthony Hopkins could read the phone book at this point. He's like Morgan Freeman. 
I'd be engaged. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into uh, Steve's notes here. It's pretty much the same thing. Uh, years later, Asgard is having an elaborate ceremony. Thor is now being formally recognized as the crown prince of Asgard. Loki looks on enviously. Before Odin can make the proclamation, alarms go off. There are, boom, boom. <laughs> there are intruders in the secure rooms that hold the Jotun's power casket. A large destroyer robot kills the intruders and saves the power casket. Examining the remains, Odin seems unperturbed, yet Thor is angry and wants to attack, and Odin forbids him. Go yeah, ahead. Y- your first thing says, go ahead, like, y- your first note. Thor I, comes off so douchey here. I totally agree. This is the first time I'm like, you're a jackass. He winks at his mom. You're, 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 you're not nice. But then, like... I mean, as you watch it, you're like, okay, you had to be a jerk because of the journey that you're going to take. But I do remember the f- the first time seeing this, I'm like, you're a jerk. <laughs> like, I don't like you. Yeah. And also, like, childish much? Like, that that was a split for me. Because, like, when you look at Chris Hemsworth, I mean, like, he looks like an adult man. Yeah. And, like, as an adult man, like, you don't react emotionally. You don't react. And um, the first time I saw this, I'm like... Wow, he's actually really immature for, like, an adult man. But then when you think of it in terms of, like, as guardians, they live to be thousands of years. So he may look like a 35-year-old man that should be pretty mature, but maybe he's only a couple hundred years old. And when you live to be a thousand, you're still a toddler at a couple hundred. Yeah, because I think think in... is Endgame or Infinity War where he goes, I've lived for a thousand years. Yes. You know, something like that. So, Yeah. yeah, so maybe... This is the teenage years. M- must, have, <laughs> m- must have been, but yeah. Although, now that I think that, if he's a thousand in Endgame, that's only like, what, four years later than yeah. when we first met him? When 900 years you reach. <laughs> so yeah, so then you were pretty you were pretty immature and a punk ass for being a thousand years old, jerk face. It's funny that after 996 years... It takes a four-year period to grow him up. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> they definitely yoded it. Yep. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I see Lady Sif, and I feel like she's drawn the short straw here. Like <laughs> We still don't know what happened to her. I know. And, uh, and again, spoiler, I know how you feel about his other love interest, but the minute I saw the two of them, I'm like, okay, got it. I, and ever since that, ever since the first time I saw the two of them on screen together in Thor, I'm like, when's it going to happen? I thought they were going to be an item. And, I, and I, I don't know enough about Thor comics to know the real story. Just yeah. from what I've seen in the movie universe, I want to see the two of them get together. Yeah, because she was the equal to him as far as anybody else in that group was. Oh, wait. Because the Warriors 3... They're great to watch in spurts, but for the most part, they get dispatched all the time, very easily. <laughs> yeah, I wish Zachary Levi had been in this movie. He had to turn it down. He had the role. He turned it down. Well, he had to turn it down because of Chuck. Right. He was in the middle of Chuck. Yeah. Which he had to do Chuck, too. He should have been able to do both. Well, Jamie hey. Alexander, the reason why she hasn't been in it as Sif is because she had that show on CBS. The tattoo show. Yeah. Is that still going? I think so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of want to know what else is in Odin's trophy room. <laughs> Although, foreshadowing, apparently everything in there is fake. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. So what the hell? Yeah. And uh, that's something that I love is uh, when you see the gauntlet in there. Yeah. And 
the best part is later on in one of the postcards, we see Thanos go into their vault and take the gauntlet saying, I'll do it myself. And now you know full well it's a fake. Yeah. And he's got to kill the dwarf then. Or yep. dwarves. Uh, Thor, Odinson, my heir, my firstborn. These are lies. Hela was the firstborn. We know that now. We got a continuity issue. That's true. <laughs> Unless, of course, he's just completely dismissed her as one he, of his own. He probably has disowned her. Yeah. And your favorite or, word? Or, uh, oh, sorry, ladies out there, but mm-hmm. from from a historical standpoint, he could be saying, my heir, my firstborn, because he's the firstborn son. Yeah, which, that's probably true also. Which, is that fair, ladies? No, it's not. It's very chauvinistic and all of that stuff. I get it. But... Because they are kind of doing like a medieval theme here and all that, I, I, I could see. Although it could also be a continuity thing, it could just simply be like they didn't know they were going to do the Hella storyline, because you know this was written three years, six years six before years. the other one. Yeah. But from a historical standpoint, they could arrogantly and erroneously be saying, "My heir, my firstborn," meaning just the son. Yeah. Not necessarily. A yeah. Woman. Today's MacGuffin. Is the power casket? I'm sorry. What's a MacGuffin? <laughs> <laughs> a plot device that moves the story along. <laughs> so, like a car. Can be one. Yes. <laughs> Christine in the movie Christine is he? Herbie. Herbie. Herbie, Herbie the love bug is a MacGuffin. Herbie is a MacGuffin. <laughs> Okay, Thor gathers Loki and... Clo- oh, there's a little piece of trivia here. When Chris Hemsworth and Sir Anthony Hopkins saw each other in full armor for the first time, Hopkins said, God, there's no acting required here, is there? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And yet, that's some of the best acting in the movie, when they're both yelling at each other. Yeah. Uh, Thor gathers Loki and his close friends Volstagg, Fandral, Hogan, and Sif, and they ride out to the Bifrost portal. The Guardian, Heimdall, allows them to pass, and the six are transported to the frost giant planet Jotunheim, a frozen, crumbling wasteland. I'm confused by Heimdall. Okay. Because the first time you meet him, he is clearly the smartest one in the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like He's omniscient. Exactly. Well, and omnipresent? What what's it when you can all yeah, see? Yeah, whatever the omni is. It was a good car. He's omni seeing. Yeah. They the, the Dodge Corporation made a good car when they made <laughs> the Dodge Omni. Yep. Um I I was granted this is after seeing it a couple times because the first time I saw it, I don't know any of this, but Heimdall is all seeing and all knowing, and is he smarter than Odin? Because if he's all seeing and he's all knowing is it that he lets Thor do this really stupid thing because he's already seen it play out and Thor needs to do the stupid thing so he gets banished, so he comes on, so then Heimdall, like, you were the smartest one the whole time. Or does Heimdall only see a little bit and if that's the case, like, boy, that's a that's a, a bet, like a gutsy bet to... Because he also uses the argument sometimes, like, he's my king, I have to do what he said. He told Thor not to go, and Heimdall knew what he's going to do, so he... So Heimdall's he so- always breaking the rules. Yeah, <laughs> so he sometimes <laughs> listens to Odin, and sometimes doesn't listen to Odin. He's loyal to Odin, but I'm pretty sure he's more powerful than Odin. <laughs> so, yeah, well, Odin- that, I'm just confused by that whole relationship. I think, I think Heimdall... 
can see every soul. He even says in one of the movies, I, I can see every soul in the cosmos. Uh, which means he can see what they are doing also. What he can't see is motivations. Okay. So maybe that's where Odin's got the edge? I don't know. I don't even know what Odin's edge is outside of being the guy who beat Jotunheim. And yeah, we, that's one thing. The movies do not let you know, like, why is Odin the All-Father and what exactly does the All-Father do? Yeah. Like, when you become All-Father, do you get superhuman powers, like, even stronger than what Thor already has? Right. And now that Valkyrie is the Queen of Asgard, is she the All-Mother? So now she has... Odin's old power, like uh, well, okay. I'm confused. Is My Hela, own. Hela, Odin daughter? Sure. Or not Odin's son? Odin. She'd be Odin daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm very confused, Kevin Feige. <laughs> I'm very confused. Uh, in this scene, we also introduce Heimdall. We introduce the Bifrost and the Rainbow Bridge. Oh, pretty. Yeah. There's a lot of pretty in this movie. Oh, it's gorgeous. There's a lot of pretty. Yeah. And I still maintain. I mean, let's be honest. Idris Elba is pretty. I still maintain that I think the Soul Stone should have been Heimdall's highs. Hey, spoiler alert, man. I still think it should have been. Spoiler It was a missed opportunity. Alert. That could have made Heimdall a very, very important character. He already is an important character. He needs his own origin movie. He needs a TV show on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but here's the thing. If they do anything with Heimdall now, it's not going to be Idris Elba, and I can't watch that. What if it was... Okay, here we go. Idea. What if it was how Heimdall and Odin came to be in their respective roles? I'd love and that. And you do it from when they were younger. But it has to be Elba. It, what if it was... <coughs> no, I can't use Michael B. Jordan because he's already in Black Panther. What if... We'll work on it. We'll okay. figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay, suddenly they are confronted by King Lofi, who taunts the Asgardian Lofi. heroes. Laufey. Laufey. More frost giants surround the six, and the battle starts. Loki survives with some magic and has an unusual reaction when he is touched by a frost giant. Laufey reali re realizes, re now I can't pronounce anything, releases a huge beast, and the Asgardians run for their lives. Thor kills the beast, but once again, the team are surrounded, and things look desperate. Odin dun, dun, dun. arrives to save the day. He apologizes to Laufey for the intrusion, and attempts to reinstate peace. But Laufey states that they are beyond diplomacy, that the Frost Giants are now at war with Asgard. He attempts to stab Odin, who blasts Laufey back and takes the young group home. This whole battle is awesome. <laughs> I agree. It is really cool. Yeah. I, I still think Jamie Alexander would have been a better Wonder Woman, though, than Gal Gadot. The physicality is more there. I don't know. Gal Gadot is pretty, pretty kick-ass. I just watched Wonder Woman recently, and I was like, maybe this wasn't as good as I thought it was. Uh, yeah, uh, and Thor is a petulant child. God, yes. like up all but through he has this, to like, be, but he has to be like. How many times I've seen this? He, ha you have to hate him. Yeah, like you have to hate Thor, and right. you do. They, that's the thing. The, the first half of this film, they make you hate Thor, mm -hmm. and you have to hate Thor so that I get chills and I get tears in my eyes when you get the scene in the rain later. Okay, okay. All because right. you hate Thor so much that when you finally see him broken yeah. and you see Chris Hemsworth with the red eyes and the tears and everything, it's like, oh. Yeah. That, I, like, I'm getting chills now thinking about I'm like, all right, like, that was legit. Like, that was a real, 
emotional story arc from spoiled, petulant asshole to like, wow, you realize you screwed up. Yeah. And now you're without everything. It's funny because that that my favorite moment is the moment right after that. Which is when he has this discussion with Loki with S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I have to write, read this because Steve goes, when Odin shows up and saves everyone, I was like, uh-oh, busted. <laughs> <laughs> Said, and now I'm thinking to myself, this would be like two kids sneaking off to do something stupid and the parents catch them. <laughs> well, it was. It was two brothers yeah. doing something stupid. Um, okay, back at the Asgard side of the portal, Odin lets for the four friends go and confronts Thor and Loki. Odin is furious that Thor has dragged Asgard back into war and tells Thor he is not fit to be king. He strips him of his power, banishes him to Earth, and sends his hammer, meow meow, after him a few seconds later. <laughs> it's Mjolnir. I won't do it again. Saying yeah, yeah. that whosoever wields the hammer and is worthy of it shall have the power of Thor. Damn, Odin, take your son down a peg. <laughs> I saw this and felt like, holy cow, this is every time I got yelled at by my father. <laughs> because, yes. and this is, this is probably why I relate to this movie so well. My dad, when he was legitimately pissed at me, mm-hmm. he would scream and he would make me feel smaller than a grain of sand. Like my father could just say the most cutthroat mean th- and like th- he my father never cursed at me. Right. He just said like the the words that like hit you at your core. And then like right after he would like essentially crush me, he would do like one really, really nice thing to kind of soften the blow. Yeah. Like, I'm still bruising mentally, and, like, I've got (laughs) a black eye on my heart because of, like, how I was just felt. But, like, he'll scream, and he'll berate me, and he'll say how disappointed he is and and crush my soul, and then, like, squeeze my shoulder. Or, like, start picking up the mess that I just made. Right. Or, like, well, then, like, he'll just do something to, like, Make me feel guilty for what I did, <laughs> even though he just screamed at me like a crazy person. Like, it's just. Yeah. And when I saw that and then he does the like whole like throws the hammer, I'm like, that's totally the I'm going to crush you, but I still love you by giving you the chance thing. Right. Yeah. It's Whiplash without the happy ending, right? No, Whiplash is a terrible movie. Oh, There's shameful. no happy ending. <laughs> what are you talking? No, <laughs> listeners, Whiplash is terrible. It's it a will fantastic cr- film. It will crush your soul. <laughs> He's wrong. You will want to cry in the fetal position I for a month after watching it, and no human being actually goes through that. Wrong, sir. Wrong. <laughs> exactly. It is wrong. It is a horrible movie. Okay, back to Earth. Thor gets a little aggressive. <laughs> Thor gets a little aggressive, and Darcy tases him, knocking him out. <laughs> the three scientists load him into their van and take him into the hospital. Once again, he starts fighting as he wakes up, and he's eventually tranquilized. Eric tries to get Jane to leave him be, saying he is some kind of nut, but she's curious and attracted to him, because who wouldn't be? It's Chris Hemsworth. They go back to the hospital, but Thor has escaped. As they drive off in the van, they hit the Asgardian man again and knock him out this time. They take him with them, and Jane gives him civilian clothes. They belong to her ex-boyfriend, Donald Blake. Fun little comic reference. Yep. Uh, after overhearing locals discussing a satellite crash 50 miles due west, Thor decides to go there, and once again, Eric tries to get Jane to leave him alone. Thor walks about the town, tries to get a horse at a pet store. <laughs> Jane, <laughs> while we have our birds, find me one large enough to ride. <laughs> Jane, <laughs> Jane appears and gives him a ride. The two head west in the van. Ah, I know what this is now. It's a fish out of water story. I like it. 
I like it watching him go to get the horse at the pet store, smashing dinerware at the local cafe. Uh, it's all fun. And I get it now. I know it. And this is kind of like seeing Ragnarok, the, the pieces of what Ragnarok can be in little pieces here. Yeah, that's true. Like the humor. He's, dis- he's discovering his personality type of thing, yeah. Yeah. And I'm starting to love Darcy at this point. Oh, yeah. I love Darcy from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, fir- the first time she said, meow, meow. <laughs> Just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I must go get Mjolnir. Meow, meow. <laughs> and the, there, it, but nobody corrects her. <laughs> nope. I thought you were a science major. Political science. <laughs> She's the only one that applied. <laughs> These are the best scenes in the movie. I honestly, because like I'll watch the Asgardian scenes and other things, and I'll have questions. The scenes with Agent Coulson, they bug me. Yeah, I, I, I have questions, and I have like uh, with the other stuff, not because of direction or anything, just the source material. Yeah, but these hit the nail on the head. Yeah, like honestly. Everything's believable. Mm-hmm. I can believe she ran into him twice. Like I can, be- <laughs> as ridiculous as it is, it's believable. Eric Selvig's reactions to him, the like knowing like this dude's crazy in the head, and I need to keep <laughs> this girl. Like everything about the Earth actors and Thor, and just that whole relationship between the three or four of them is totally believable and the best part of the movie. And you know what? They do a fantastic job leaning on the fact that she's science, he's magic, and their whole theme with Asgard and Earth is that science is, no, magic is science we haven't learned yet. Exactly. And he's like, what you call magic is science to them. Like, yeah. that whole, like, description of the of the realms and everything, like, I love the Earth scenes. I absolutely love them. They're, no, they're just, fantastic. they're very humanizing. Oh, look at that. Huh. Uh, at the satellite crash, actually the place where Thor's hammer came to Earth, a crowd is gathered. People are partying, trying to lift the hammer from the crater. Stan Lee cameos is one of the locals trying to pull the hammer out with his pickup truck. And government agents from S.H.I.E.L.D. take over the site and confiscate Jane's research notes and computers. And I think this is exactly what a bunch of local yokels would do with a hammer in the crater. <laughs> this is also the first time we realize S.H.I.E.L.D. could be a bunch of assholes. Oh, yeah. Because you don't really deal with S.H.I.E.L.D. a whole lot in Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. You don't. Oh, in Iron Man 2, that's, they're the ones that put him on house arrest. Not a whole lot, I said. I didn't oh, okay, say they okay. weren't there, but you don't really yeah. deal with them. And even in that instance, you kind of think, I'm like, okay, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like kind of protect Tony. I'm sorry. The first time you meet Agent Coulson, he's an asshole. Like, I hated the guy. It, it, I had to go through Avengers yeah. to kind of like, okay, maybe Agent Coulson isn't the asshole I remember from He's Thor. polite in the most condescending way. And that's why I think he's an asshole, because he's condescending. Yeah. And, like, it's one of those things I'm like, you're nothing, bud. Mm-hmm. Like, Iron Man could cr- crush you like a, a bug, and Thor could pinch you like a grape, and, like, you're just condescending. It's and I don't like it. I'd, and I also feel like there's no cause for it. Okay. I could understand Nick Fury because that's kind of his character and all of that. But this Agent Coulson, I didn't know where he came from. Yeah. And he was just condescending to be condescending. And then all of a sudden at the end of the film, we're supposed to believe, oh, well, yeah, I was on your side the whole time. I'm like, no, you weren't. Yeah. They steal the equipment out of nowhere. Douchey move. Yes. They don't really give an explanation in all this. Douchey move. Yep. Um, and they do the whole like, oh, well, well, this is like he's polite about it the whole time. I'm like, you're an asshole. Yeah. Well, script wise, they have to 
find a way to put Thor and Jane on this little adventure to recuperate stuff. But uh, I, I think there's a better way to do this, and I agree with you that th- it was way too douchey in that why didn't they just hire Jane Foster with them? Uh, yeah, that that's exactly where I was going. I'm like, there was no need for all of this. They could have done this whole like hiding from him thing, but then like go and get her. This idea of S.H.I.E.L.D. stealing stuff? Yeah. No, like they took um, the Starks. They took um, Dr. Pym. Like, they didn't take the research. They took the people. So even following S.H.I.E.L.D.'s own playbook, they should have taken Jane Foster. Yeah, yeah. Instead, they took all of her stuff, take the, and, like, that whole thing. Again, it made me love the Earth scenes because that's believable. But I'm sorry, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s the bad guys. You know what's funny? I do not see S.H.I.E.L.D. as good guys in the, this movie, Thor. And it takes Avengers, like, even through, like, uh, see, I love, Win- I love Winter Coulson Soldier. Avengers. Winter Soldier and all of that, like, I hated S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. It's funny because I've always loved S.H.I.E.L.D. and what they do. No. And after listening to you, I have a new perspective on this now. Like, no, wait I, a second. I hated S.H.I.E.L.D. in this I movie. don't like this part of the movie either. No, they're <laughs> jerks. They're absolute jerks. You see, you may, have, no, you may have inadvertently no re- make me lower my grade. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's just, there's no need for it. Oh, God. And and like Agent you're Col- right. Agent Coulson goes on to become like people's favorites, but I'm sorry, like I agree, he was great in Avengers, and in he's almost a different character in Avengers. Exactly, like that's the th- thank you. I'm happy you said that because when you first meet him in Thor, it's almost like people forgot Thor. And like we said mm-hmm. from the numbers, maybe not enough people went to see it. But I'm sorry if you watch Agent Coulson in Thor, and then you watch him later, you do wonder like, WTF. Like, what What happened? Because, yeah, well, I've said it too many times, but he was a jerk. No, but I'll say this. The big difference between the writing of this movie and when he was in Iron Man 2 and when he was in Iron Man originally is that when he's in Avengers, he has a different scriptwriter. You know who it was? Who? Joss Whedon. Yeah. Who can make anybody lovable. That's true. So, but yeah, Agent Coulson. Sorry, then you had a bad scriptwriter, Phil, because you're a <laughs> jerk and... It would have been nicer if you'd have died in Thor instead of dying on the helicarrier. And we get Eric Selvig here talking about a scientist who was a gamma researcher. Hulk. Oh, thanks, Hulk. Tie-in to the other movies. This is the first tie-in outside of the Iron Man scene at the very end when they show the maps of all over the world where all the things are. Well, that's good now that we know where all the things are. Yeah, all the things. Yep, all, all those. Things. Back to Asgard. Thor's four friends begin to suspect Loki had something to do with Thor's banishment. Hmm, perhaps the mischief maker? <laughs> Loki realizes he is not a pure Asgardian, and Odin admits Loki was taken from Jotunheim as an infant and raised as his own. Loki is confused and angry as Odin falls into a coma. The Odin sleep. MacGuffin! <laughs> not a MacGuffin. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Loki becomes acting king. His mother Frigga tries to make Loki feel better about his situation, but ultimately has no idea how long this Odin sleep is going to last. When do we get to have an Odin sleep? Was Odin in the right? I'm like, not going to lie. This makes him look like a dick. He just took a baby. It, uh, see, this is the thing. I think Odin is supposed to look like an asshole throughout this whole movie. Okay. Like, he is supposed to be the bad father, and we are supposed to hate his actions. Just because, let's be honest, how many times as a kid were you told to do something by your parents, or you're like, oh, man, my parents did this, and I hate them for it. <laughs> no, like, seriously, like... Yeah, you're right. Because I overheard Anthony Hopkins do a, an interview one time. He's like, what he loved about Thor was it was about fathers and sons. And when you think about it, what son 
legitimately likes everything their father does. Yes. Like, Loki hates this. You stole a baby and all of this stuff. Right. Now, granted, it takes until Thor A Dark World to get this, but when you find out, they were going to kill Loki. Yeah. So, yeah, they- Odin stole a baby, but ultimately, like, how many times do we get mad at our dad because, like, we know one-tenth of the f- the whole story. Yeah, they allude to the fact that he was smaller than other frost giants. Yeah. And to protect him, he was taken. But still, he took a baby. <laughs> to, s- to save its life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, my understanding is they cast Loki out. Like, Loki was out, like, to die. Okay, see, I, I, I didn't get that from this, but perhaps I missed something. Maybe in the Thor of the Dark World. That's always I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in Thor of the Dark okay. World where, like, it, it's made clear. But, again, it's it's when you look back, there's so many times I look back on my father and... I genuinely remember hating what he did to me or hating what he said to me or hating how he treated me. But as an adult, looking back, and I realize, oh, he did this because of X. He did this because of Y. And as an adult, as a a person with a prefrontal cortex that actually works, (laughs) I understand everything my father did was actually for me in my best interest and all of that. And so when he says this is about fathers and th- sons, Loki is supposed to hate Odin. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to only have one-tenth because as kids, we don't know 90% of why our parents are doing things. Right. And Odin's not going to flat-out tell us just because my dad also didn't flat-out tell me why he did things. I had to figure it out on my own. It's not until you actually are charged with the care of children in some way, shape, or form that you realize as an adult what their intentions were for the most part. Yep. Yeah. Uh but yes, he is supposed to be an asshole. Yeah. Like we're supposed to hate his guts. Right Steve now. is a villains guy. He loves villains if they're good. So all of his notes are about villains. He says Odin taking in baby Loki shows that a brash really is. He is still a father and has compassion over an innocent child. I agree with you, Steve. He liked how the, they got Loki to temporarily take the throne. Kind of cliche, but it works. And then he goes, Loki looked good up there. Crazy headgear. <laughs> it is funny to me. That every scene they could get Loki in the thorns, yeah, the thorn helmet, they got him in there. Yeah, they did. Thor is only in the helmet for one scene. Yes. And I saw the making of, and the reason was they wanted to see Chris Hemsworth. So it's just funny how like the Loki helmet was iconic and they needed Hiddleston to be in that. Right. But Chris Hemsworth with the beautiful <laughs> the flowing, flowing blonde hair. <laughs> no, we can't have you in the iconic Thor helmet. <laughs> and that's sad because, to be honest, that Thor helmet looked pretty good. But he is. He's in that Thor helmet for that one scene and then never is in the helmet again for no. another movie. No. And, in fact, eventually goes away altogether. Yeah. I was going to say, we don't. after we see him in it for that film, he never wears the helmet again throughout the rest of Marvel. And that was a big problem when it first came out was people were like, well, where's his helmet? Where's his helmet? Well, people got over it. And then they're like, you're cutting his hair? People got over that, too. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, back to Earth. Thor walks about the town and tries to get a horse in a pet store. Jane appears and gives him a ride. The two head west in the van. After dark. Gives him a ride. Yeah. (laughs) After dark. Okay, Jane and Thor arrive on the scene. Now the crater is surrounded by guards and tenting. Thor attacks, and Jane huddles in safety. After beating up several agents, Thor Thor finally reaches the hammer, but is unable to lift it. He howls at his powerlessness and slumps to the ground, putting up no fight as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents close in and take him. Favorite scene in the movie. 
Yes. Most powerful, most emotional. Chris Hemsworth should have gotten an Oscar just for that scene. Just for that scene. No, <laughs> and unfortunately, the Oscars is never going to look at these movies. Mm-hmm. Hell, Endgame should have won uh, it's, it's, Oscars it, it, it for it that. Well, um, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Infinity War? Sorry, Infinity, and, and hell, even the first Avengers. My point is, other yeah, right, right. other movies in Marvel should have won Academy Awards. Or at least been nominated. And Chris Hemsworth's performance, he goes, like, in terms of the range of emotions, like, it's a master class. No, he and, learned a lot from Anthony Hopkins and, and, on set, I bet. And who would have thought Chris Hemsworth <laughs> does a master class, but watch this scene. Yeah. Anybody right. that says that, oh, he's just a dumb, good-looking person, playful, watch the scene. No, he's like, fantastic. You watch that scene, and I'm sorry, you cannot tell me Chris Hemsworth is not a great actor. Yeah. Because he just goes through everything, and it's all his face and his body. Mm-hmm. It's all physical, visceral reaction, and every, I've probably seen that scene 20 times yeah and every time it gets me i know it's coming and it gets me it's the most powerful scene in the movie and even though it doesn't have the great theme thor to the destroyer it still has a play of it but no that just that slump of the shoulders that that like giving in and then seeing the symbol and he's like I didn't deserve it. I yeah. Uh, it's this is all. I have no one to blame but me. And we are never more vulnerable as human beings when we finally admit we can't blame anybody for our situation but us. You're right. And yeah. like that's the most human, relatable thing because every human being in the world, at some point in your life, you will be crushed and you will look at yourself in the mirror or in your mind's eye and realize I have nobody to blame for where I am but myself. Yeah. And that is, once you have that feeling, the only thing you can do is improve. Your life will only get better from there. Yeah, this is this is weird because this is a movie that takes you emotionally to a low point in the middle of the movie. Yes. And it's a, it's a well-deserved one. You're waiting for this guy. This is one of those moments in like pop culture where we see our heroes and we're like, we can't wait for them to fall. This is watching a hero fall. Legitimate, and he falls hard. He falls hard. This is like you're the ticker is at zero at this point. Yep. And then the next scene after that is pretty crazy. Also, now <laughs> I put in here. Oh, hey, Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, all right, that's it. Okay, okay, bye, Hawkeye. Because I didn't even know who Hawkeye was. Yeah, it, <laughs> Clint Barton's in there, and they say, Clint, you want it? And he goes, Let me get something. He looks at guns, grabs a bow and arrow. You're like, Oh, it's Hawkeye. Okay. And the f- Iron Man two, they really did a good job of introducing Black Widow and giving Nick Fury a little more story and. Uh, here they're introducing the sixth Avenger, Hawkeye. And he doesn't really get an introduction. Doesn't really get one. And then you see him again in Avengers. But it's not really that movie either because he's not himself. Yeah. You really don't get to know him until Age of Ultron. And I do. I love Hawkeye in Age of Ultron. He's fantastic. I in love that. him. You yeah. and I were laughing hysterically. I, in that I movie. thought <laughs> I thought it was the best part of that movie. He's like, nobody'd know. <laughs> nobody'd know. <laughs> Back to Earth, uh, Agent Coulson questions Thor, and when he leaves him alone briefly, Loki appears in the room. Loki tells Thor that Odin is dead, and he cannot come back to Asgard. Thor is distraught. This is my best acting moment for me. Can I come home? Wonderfully delivered line by Chris Hemsworth. It's on his face. You can't avoid his face at this point. It's got to show well, and the guy can act. This is where I'm sold on him as Thor. This is the moment where I was like, he is Thor. There is nobody else could play this role in. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, I love how Loki tries to lift the hammer when he goes in there, and he just can't. He's not worthy. 
And it it is a great scene between the brothers. And you also realize from that scene they've chosen their paths. Yeah. Like that is the scene where like, okay. That's the fork. That's the fork, and they will never again technically be on the same path. Yeah. Eric arrives to tell the shield agents Thor is Jane's ex husband and is under the influence of steroids. Somehow he has faked the driver's license. Not very well though, because Shield knows right away. Coulson <laughs> lets Eric take Thor, who surreptitiously grabs Jane's notebook on the way out. Back in town, Eric takes Thor out for a drink. They, the two chug Boilermakers and bond. Thor brings the drunk Eric to Jane's trailer. Thor and Jane go to the rooftop to gaze at the stars, and Thor explains the Nine Realms and Skyrim and Bifrost Bridge to Jane. <laughs> Jane figures the bridge is the theoretical Einstein-Rosen bridge wormhole. I love the Donald Blake tie-in. I thought that was really cute what they did there. Uh, why on earth did they let him go when they saw he falsified his the, driver's license? Th this is another reason why I hate the agents. It's like you were a complete asshole before. <laughs> now we're supposed to kind of like you because, oh, look, they know it's a fake license, <laughs> but they're going to let him go because they want to see what's going to happen. It's like, oh, my, like. I'm sorry. Shield in this movie is totally unbelievable for me. Yeah, they like are. they're the MacGuffin. They're they're the you're the just leap of faith. You're just there to move the story along. And, yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know. I actually used it correctly. Aren't you? Aren't you surprised? <laughs> and uh, uh, reaction just comes habitually now. <laughs> like even the the smug look on like oh well it says here like when he's looking at the face I'm like. It's not funny. It's not pithy. You're just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see 10 more minutes, though, of Selvig and Thor drinking. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> like, just to see them, see him when he's drunk sell him on the fact that he's actually Thor. He made his ancestors proud. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you know, you may not be the god of thunder, but, but you <laughs> sure drink like one. <laughs> but you, or sorry. But you ought to be. Yeah, you ought to be. <laughs> uh, such, such a good scene. They go to the roof and, hey, it's time for some exposition on the Nine Realms and the Bifrost. That's all that was. Hey. But realistically, it was needed. But that's also the thing. like It's a bonding moment. When Thor does the exposition, it makes sense. Yeah. When S.H.I.E.L.D.'s do an exposition, it's just like, get off the... F 56... 58-54. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> After the Warriors, no, I'm sorry. Lo on Asgard, Loki meets Laufey. It was Loki who let the Frost Giants into Asgard to try to retrieve the power casket earlier. He makes a deal with Laufey that he will let them into Asgard again to kill Odin and have their casket. And in return, they will go home in peace. Loki commands the destroyer to go to Earth and kill Thor. Okay, so wait. This is what the trade was. It's, you know, we're back. We're going to NBA trades, NFL trades. This is the trade. Yep. The Frost Giants get to kill Odin, Check. get their casket of winter, Check. make Jotunheim stronger than it's been, Check. and remain in peace with Asgard tentatively. Check. Yes. And Loki gets the throne. Yep. He's maniacal. Yeah. He. This is where you realize he is crazy, because no one would give up this much shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh. After the Warriors 3 and Lady Sif show up on Earth looking for Thor, the Destroyer arrives in the New Mexico desert and starts blasting everything with a heat ray. Thor and the three scientists attempt to get everyone away safely. Thor confronts the Destroyer and asks Loki to leave. I lost where I was, but I looked somewhere else on accident. Way to go, ADHD. <laughs> Thor, <laughs> shit. The Thor confronts the Destroyer and asks Loki to leave the humans alone and return for himself. Thank you. Loki can see and hear what is going on from Asgard. The Destroyer gives Thor a vicious backhand slap and sends him tumbling, apparently dead. Jane runs to the body in tears. However, 
Thor's selfless act of protecting his friends proves him worthy to once again wield Meow Meow, which frees itself from the crater and returns to Thor's hand. He is restored to full life and vigor and armor and once again fitted in his red cape. He easily defeats the Destroyer and tries to return to Asgard, promising Jane he will return. I love this scene. I mean, as cheesy as it sounds when you read it and things like that, when you watch the scene, yeah. Thor is acting like a human. He's back. Like, like his friends are, oh, like, come on. They're like, and Thor's like, uh, guys. Is there a Renaissance I, fair in town? I, I'm a, <laughs> but, but, but I feel like the, the, the friends are like legitimately expecting like, oh, Thor's going to come out and fight with us. And I feel like that's the moment where even they have to realize like Thor's not Thor anymore, guys. Yeah. Thor is a human. If he goes toe-to-toe with the Destroyer, he will be killed because he's a human being. And so he does, in a way, what a brave human would have done. Save human life. Get people out and all that. And I see Steve's thing about, like, people resisting and all that. Um, It's amazing how when there's loud bangs and and things and pangs and all that, people aren't as... uh, Brave. No, brave isn't the word like antagonistic okay. in that instance. Um, it's actually amazingly simple to get people to do what you need them to do in an emergency situation. Now, granted, anytime I've asked somebody to move on, I had the firefighter's jacket on. So they were probably <laughs> listening more to the firefighter's jacket an authority figure. Th- than to necessarily like the situation. But I'm, I'm also so I, I throw that out as a caveat. But I do genuinely think like when there are loud bangs and crashes and all of that stuff, it's it is kind of like if you see somebody sort of brave enough to be giving directions, you don't usually question them. Right. Or if you do anything, you start helping. Like if you are that person that's going to like stand up, you're probably going to start getting people out as well. It's amazing how quickly communities kind of do that type of stuff. Yeah, you're right. Um and if anybody is stupid enough, I don't think they're going to try to resist, but they may try to like run at the destroyer, and that is totally believable. There is somebody in a dumb small town that would probably run at the destroyer <laughs> thinking like, I got this, you will, and then like, yeah, thank you. Where are the crater drunks? Where th- were they? <laughs> thank, thank you, Darwin. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, but no, the, the, the whole idea of Thor hiding, Mm-hmm. Like the three friends had to go save the day because, like, I can't do anything, guys. And, and then ladies, he goes up- Lady Sif, it, you want a powerful woman in the series? Oh yeah. If she, I, I guarantee, if she had stayed on with all those movies, she would have replaced Valkyrie. Oh yeah, hands down. She would have gotten a uh, new Asgard in the end. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and the the funny thing is, is the whole conversation between Thor and Loki. Totally believable. And then to kill Thor, backslap. Yes. Like, I love that. Like, you are an insignificant bug. Mm-hmm. And it was just a gentle, like, from the standpoint of a fight, it is a gentle backslap. Just <laughs> and it destroyed him. His chest is caved in. His face is all crushed. Like, we haven't you- seen anything that brutal since when, what's his name? Uh, the dude from Incredible Hulk got smashed by the Hulk. Yeah. And it's just like, he's human. And he's telling them all to get away. And then he becomes, like, totally believable. Like, yeah. like I, I engage with that whole storyline. That was well done. 
Well, back on Asgard, Loki freezes Heimdall, and the Frost Giants invade through the portal, walking past the frozen Heimdall. Laufey goes to Odin's bedchamber, and as he prepares to kill the Norse god, Loki kills Laufey to appear to be the hero. Although frozen, Heimdall is conscious and manages to break free. He brings Thor back to Asgard. Thor flies quickly to fight the Frost Giants. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you just made a deal. St- still to this day, like, okay, I understand what you did. I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, why did you set your dad up? Why did you yell at your dad, causing him to go into Odin's sleep? And then you saved him, but you wanted the throne. And does he want to be an Asgardian, then, or does he want to be a Yoda? And then everything that you do later is wanting to take the throne of Asgard because you deserve to be a king, but you don't want your dad to die. I, I'm. It was. This is messy. This is confusing. This but, but piece it, was messy. But the problem is, is this piece is messy. But I'm sorry, the whole like Loki Odin relationship storyline. Yeah. I don't think they fix it later on. Not in Thor two. Not in Ragnarok. I. I do not understand their relationship. Not at all. Yeah, because in Ragnarok, when Odin's about to pass away, it's almost like all are forgiven with the two sons. Yeah, there. I feel like there is so much we don't know about Loki and Odin. Yeah, which yeah. I'm sure there is. Maybe it's more explained in the in Dark the World. comics or, or. Well, I mean, I've watched Dark World recently, and yeah. I don't, I'm just I'm very confused. That's okay. By that by that movie. Yeah. Or by by that relationship. Well, Loki goes to the Bifrost portal and sets it up to destroy the ice planet Jotunheim. <sighs> also doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he'll have no planet to belong to. Okay. Thor tries to stop him and the two engage in combat. Thor immobilizes Loki with Mjolnir and starts to destroy the portal to stop the process, smashing away at the bridge itself. You know what this is to me? Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Uh-huh. I love this fight between the two. Oh, I love the fight, because too. Because they are clearly equals. Just one has something yeah. a little bit more than the other. Yeah. Uh, as everything crumbles, the two brothers fall into space, but Odin is there to hold Thor, who holds Loki's staff. Loki admits defeat and allows himself to fall off the disappearing Bifrost Bridge into the abyss of no return. This I don't like that. I totally believe because Loki is crushed because nothing that he did worked, even though I don't know why he made the choices he did. Mm-hmm. But I can believe they didn't work. He doesn't want to face because he attacked his father. He attacked his brother and you don't want to face that. So I totally get letting go. And then to see the two men crushed, like, yeah, all believe like I get I, I get behind all of that. There's two parts in here that I absolutely love. And the first part is actually. When he's he, he he beats Loki down and he places the hammer on him to immobilize him. Oh, that's because fantastic. one of the things we've heard is that the hammer is both a tool for destruction and a tool for building. And now we're saying it's also a, a tool for a pausing. paperweight. It's a it's a paperweight. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic but then paperweight. he walks to the end of the Rainbow Bridge and grabs it and destroys his only way of getting back to Earth. Yep. Which I was like, oh, that's got to be a hard. Thing to this, he, this old movie, Thor would not have done this. <laughs> this movie is an emotional roller coaster, but for like good reasons. Yeah, uh, all seems back to normal on Asgard. Although Odin is sad about how it turned out, <laughs> as you know, Thor pines for Jane, but Heimdall assures him that she is looking for him. Back on Earth, Jane is in a new lab with new equipment, and the credits roll. And in the post credits, we get Selvig has been taken to a Shield facility where he meets Nick Fury. Fury shows him an object in a briefcase, which he says could be a source of unlimited power. 
Loki appears then, invisible to Selvig and Fury, and says, Well, I guess that's worth a look. Which Selvig repeats, and it goes black. Nice. Now, according to top critics at the Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 65%. Uh, they gave it a 6.2 out of 10. Is that low? Yeah. It's pretty I, low for I me. I actually feel like that's kind of low. Yeah. And the audience But score, then again, it's Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't give two shits what they think. <laughs> Well, the audience score is a 3.85 out of 5 with 76 green. It's a 3% or higher, or 3 or higher, which is a little bit more forgiving, but I still feel like they missed something back then. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think enough people watched it when it came out. I think if you rescored it today, it would be higher. Yeah. Okay, so the movie's over. Were you entertained? I'm going to start with Steve here. Steve says, yes and no. Iron Man 2 was a lot more fun. The movie teased you on some good scenes. Now, for me, I say it's a step back from Iron Man 2 in the excitement, but it's a better movie than Iron Man 2. Oh, I think it's better than Iron Man 2. Yeah. I love this movie. Um, before Thor Ragnarok, this was my favorite Marvel movie. The movie ticks a couple boxes for me that hit me at my core. Number one, relatable origin story. Genuinely love the whole story of Thor. Two, Celtic origins. Norse and Celts are very closely related. Mm -hmm. FYI, just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> and number three, great music. Like the Ugh. music sells this this movie. Yeah. Do you know who did the music for this? No, not off the top of my head. Uh, yes. Uh, he's an Irishman. Crap. Because it wasn't Silvestri. No, it wasn't. It's actually... <laughs> All right. At the Academy Awards, zero nominations, zero wins. At the Golden Globe, zero nominations, zero wins, because it's comic books, 2011, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, no. That's what so let's go to the Saturn Awards. Oh, what do you got? Doyle also did Goblet of Fire, which is a good soundtrack. Yes, it is. And um, he did... Hamlet, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, which also has some good music. Um, Nims Island 4. He's done a couple good things. Did he do any other Marvels after this? Uh, Marvels. I'm sure he got credit on certain scores because they were redone. For some reason, I think Giacchino did a Thor movie. No. Oh, he has one stain. He did the Emoji movie. Ooh. Oh, hey, everybody needs a paycheck, okay? That's true. They paid for the Prius. Yeah, the other one I'm thinking <laughs> of must have been Goblet of Fire. Okay. Well, at the Saturn Awards. Oh, and Aragon. He did Aragon. At the Saturn Awards, he got four nominations. Uh, best Costume went to Thor. It won for Best Costume. It, it beat Captain America. It beat Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. That's actually surprising. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, then the Best Fantasy best fantasy Film went to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Yeah. You know, it... it uh, best Supporting Actor went to Andy Serkis for Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which he was not a supporting actor. Just because he was in mocap doesn't mean he was a, a supporting. But Tom Hiddleston was up for that. For Thor. Tom Hiddleston was a good supporting actor. Yeah, look at the list that's there. Alan Rickman, it, it, Harrison Ford, Ralph Fiennes, Stanley Tucci. It should have gone to either Fiennes or Rickman. Yeah, I agree. It really should have gone to Fiennes or Rickman, not Serkis. No offense, Andy. Yeah. Serkis I, I, I feel like they gave that to you because of Lord of the Rings, not because of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it should have gone to Rick Winner Fines. Yeah. If I if they give Circus Awards, it should be for Best Actor, because that's what it takes to be in that role. Uh, best Production Design went to Hugo over Captain America, the first Avenger, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, and Thor. I won't count the other two, because nobody's ever seen those. Um, yeah, but that, that that's not Best Production Design. No. That was a love letter to film. That's all that was. That one, no, they got that wrong. So those are the four right there. And then you go to the MTV Movie and TV Awards, which are always fun to look at. They got one nomination for Best Hero, but it lost to Daniel Radcliffe for the second part of the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which, that, that's a you've done so well award. 
That's all that was. Yep. Um, yeah. And even then, was he better than Chris Evans and Steve Rogers and Captain America? No. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, all right. On to our next segment titled B- Top Three, Bottom Three. This is where we talk about three things we want to highlight in this movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. Let's start with the top three. My number three is Darcy, Jane, and Dr. Selvig are fun to watch anyway. I could watch a series just with them. I agree. They're yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, my number two is The Battle on Jotunheim. I think it was <laughs> so well done. Uh, and my number one, I actually believe Thor and Jane's relationship. I-, I wish they kept that going through the movies, but I also wish they would have done more with Sif. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, so those are my three. Now, Steve's three, his number three is, I always enjoy a medieval times theme. The language and everything that goes with it is so cool. How they refer to everything as the realm. (laughs) That is cool. (laughs) His number two was, Anthony Hopkins plays a great king slash father figure. Ruthless yet compassionate. Creates teachable moments. For example, when he casts out Thor. Very harsh and extreme, but sometimes kids need that and hope that they become humble and learn from their mistakes. Comes off as someone I would want to listen to for days because of his vast wisdom. I agree with that. And his number one, Loki, the master manipulator. Here is a real villain that is a mastermind behind the scene and manipulates everyone into his game. Tom Hiddleston is amazing, and he gets even more devilsome with the post credit scene. I agree. So, JC, what are your top... He is a master manipulator. What are your top three? (laughs) Number three, great father-son story. Big fan of those. Genuine emotion throughout the film. Number two, Thor's growth and change again. My favorite scenes are the one with the hammer... And then the second one where he's trying to pick up the hammer and all of the scenes with the people on Earth. Like, those are just great growth scenes. Can I, can I mention something there? And that is, this is the first character that we've seen in origin movie four in Marvel that literally grows emotionally from the beginning to the end. Iron Man, the first one, he doesn't. Captain America, he's the same person, just in a bigger body. Yep. And Incredible Hulk, look, he's just trying to manage his anger. That's all. Yep, this so, is the only emotional growth superhero. Yeah. Um, it's very believable, and it's hard to pull off that kind of sincerity in film today. Yes. It really is. And then my number one best thing about this movie is the music. It ties everything together. And like we said at the beginning in the introduction, this is one of those you can listen to the soundtrack and you know exactly what's going on just because of the music, and that's a good soundtrack. That well, was a hard one to leave off my list. But. Well well done, Patrick Doyle. Well done. Well, all right, let's move on to the bottom three. It's time to vent. My number three is this whole movie shot with Dutch, Dutch angles, diagonal shots. Uh, I just wasn't feeling that at all. I could see it once or twice. Like I'd love to see it happen when they were on Asgard, but when they're on Earth, they're straight shots. Just sit on your hands then if you don't want to feel it. <laughs> my number two, Hawkeye gets an introduction that's more like a cameo. We can't really say this is Hawkeye's origin, too. And my number one... The Odin sleep. What the hell? <laughs> Instant coma when he's confronted by Loki. He's dealt with worse from the Frost Giants. It's a big plot point in Loki's plan that goes completely unexplained. Think about this. Have you ever had like a big row with your dad and then your dad doesn't talk to you and just walks away? <laughs> this is the silent treatment? Like literally you just get the silent treatment? <laughs> That's what Odin sleep is. Like the first time, like you've grown up and you've always done what your dad tells you to do. Yep. And finally you're, you're brave enough and you, and you feel like you're grown up enough that you're going to give your dad some of his own. And as soon as you give your dad the business, all he does is walk away from you. Yeah, I'm done. That's the Odin sleep. Every father has it. Every father has the Odin sleep. I'm probably going to do it to my boy. When- <laughs> 
when the boy at comes barbecue. <laughs> when the boy comes at me for the first time, I'm probably not going to engage. I'm just going to walk away and leave my son in that pool of like WTF, Dad? What just happened? Oh, I hope I'm around for that. It's going to be like he's Odin sleeping. <laughs> That's the Odin. You'll start sleep. laughing on your way out. <laughs> That's the Odin sleep. The Odin sleep is every parent's ability to not answer their children <laughs> and just walk away. That's good. Okay, Steve's bottom three years. Number three, maybe it was me, but the high intense scenes were followed by slower scenes that made it a bear to get through. That might, eh. be, a, that might be an opinion thing. Bear. A bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The number two for him was the town battle scene seemed lame. <gasps> it really cinched Thor's squad, made them seem worthless without Thor. And you know what? That's a different perspective to look at because they get their asses handed to them. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. They stopped the destroyer. Think about it. They work together. They distract. She stops the destroyer. Yes, it does the quick turnaround to attack. They never get a chance to re-engage. So was their whole goal just to stall him? No, 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 no. I think their goal ultimately was to destroy it. But if you watch the film, like after she puts the spear through him and like he essentially casts them all off, yeah. they split up and go their different ways. Let's be honest. They did that because the story needed them to so that Thor could have the one-on-one. I'm not entirely sure those three couldn't have eventually taken on the Destroyer. It's just they had one attack. They lost that attack. It doesn't necessarily mean they lost the war. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying. You feel it was unfinished. Yeah. Okay. And his number one is S.H.I.E.L.D. messed up big time just letting Thor go. They know about Mjolnir, but nothing about Thor. They try to save their own asses by giving in to Thor's demands to give back all of Jane Foster's stuff. (laughs) I agree with them that S.H.I.E.L.D. messed up. I 100% agree with them. I know. You are not feeling S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) So, J.C., what are your bottom three? Um, the friends confuse me. The, the Warriors the, the, three, the Warriors three, because they're willing to break rules sometimes, but not others. I.e., they have no fear of disobeying Odin when they go with Thor to Jotunheim. Yeah, no fear <laughs> at all. Thor is banished. Now all of a sudden they're terrified of disobeying Odin. Right. So you were only brave when Thor was around. But not what, which is similar to what Steve was trying to say. Yeah. So that just confuses me. But then you're brave enough. They had their buffer in Thor. Yeah, but then you're brave gone, enough. <laughs> you're brave enough to go after Thor when Odin's taking his break passive aggressively while Loki's like. It would that, be like the that, hyenas without Scar in Lion yeah, King. Yeah, <laughs> that that whole dynamic just confuses me. Yeah. Their characters are cool, but the direction for what the characters are doing, mm-hmm. it's like. I feel like that is an instance where Kenneth Branagh had no idea what to do with them, so he just kind of had them randomly do stuff. <laughs> so if you just Stay like look, you need a turkey. If, if exactly <laughs> like if so, if you actually watch them, you're like, what are you doing? What exactly do you do here? <laughs> All right, number two. Yes, Agent Coulson is annoying throughout this film. The whole <laughs> Shield interaction with Thor is somewhat weird. Can't put my finger on it, but I don't like it. AKA Shield's assholes. <laughs> And number one, you would have thought Shield was my number one. I no. can't believe it isn't. Actually, you'd be you'd be, for, you'd be mistaken. <laughs> number one, foreshadowing. Why can't Heimdall fix the bridge? <laughs> what? Heimdall can do all of this other stuff. He can see everything. <laughs> he can break frozen water. He can Never essentially about this. <laughs> he can go toe to toe with Odin. Yeah. like he's not scared of Odin. He's just loyal to him. But he can't fix a bridge. <laughs> Shameful. Your whole job is to take care of the bridge. 
Yeah. Literally, your job is to watch the bridge. So is your br- your job is to know how the bridge works, to know everything about the inner workings of the bridge. So how WTF do you know everything about the bridge, but you can't fix the bridge? Based on your bottom three, I'm now wondering every person in Asgard that has some semblance of power, what exactly do you do? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know at this point. <laughs> Pretty much. I told you, Asgard makes no sense to me. Earth I mean, seems even, fantastic. Like in Ragnarok, Scourge basically does Heimdall's job with a Thor. With yeah. a sword, I mean. I mean, is that all he's supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Critics rating. We use an A to F scale here on the movie planet. A C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie's so bled, it receives S from all the coasts. It goes to a new category movie called the movie planet Global Killer. Uh, a category of movie where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is. And we almost got one the other day when Josh and I did the original Friday the 13th. This movie is laughably bad. bad. Like, you would sit back and go, I, this, I'm having a good time watching this. No, it's a horror movie. I want, no. It's not even. Don't care. Okay. Nope. So the question is, what do you give Thor in the comic book feature film genre? I'm going to give you the final word here because this really is your favorite movie. Uh, so I'm going to say for, I'm going to start with mine. I'm going to read Steve's afterwards. For me, this may be the simplest movie in the MCU so far in the series. Very simple plot. Not a whole lot of deviation into weird plot threads. Because of that, it gives it a chance to make a complete story from start to finish. And that's exactly what it does. I think the most accessible way of understanding the character of Thor is to put him in a fish-out-of-water story for two reasons. One, being out of his element, you get to see how he adapts to others, which is essential to becoming an Avenger later on. And two, it keeps the universe grounded on Earth. Casting-wise, the characters in this movie are once again amazingly cast, and Loki is the first really good villain in the whole series so far because his intentions are basic, but in a simple story, that's all you need. Thor and Loki are both completely different sides of the same coin. They both need each other and are destructive to each other. Now, plot-wise, the Odin sleep is very mysterious. Loki yells—it's <laughs> the silent treatment. Loki yells at him, and he just goes into a coma. There's got to be more to this. I'd say it's nitpicky, but it is a major plot detail that helps Loki with his plan. But the biggest fault in this movie is Clint Barton, mainly because of how he's handled throughout the rest of the series. In Iron Man Two, Black Widow got plenty of time on screen to get to know him. Hawkeye is on screen for two minutes tops. We don't see him again until Avengers. And even then, he's not himself for most of the movie. Overall, I'm giving this movie a B. Definitely better than The Incredible Hulk, but not as good as the original Iron Man. Considering how much this character's tone is going to change, I almost wonder what this Thor might have been like in Ragnarok. Then again, this is the perfect place to start a story arc. It's the second strongest origin so far, and it's the second best movie so far in the MCU. But as we see later, it may not even crack the top 10 of MCU movies by Endgame. We shall see. So, for me, it's a B. Very good. Better than average. Not perfect. Now, Steve's is much shorter. He didn't write an essay like I did. So, uh, the Iron Man movies were so good in a wild roller coaster. This was like going on a junior ride of Iron Man. <laughs> JC's shaking his head. <laughs> I don't agree with that sentence, Steve. I don't agree with that sentence at all. It is a great origin, and other than Iron Man 2, that's all we've had. We had the Incredible Hulk. Come on, man. The action sequences didn't... We're going to do it line by line now, Steve. Now you pissed us off. Now- <laughs> the action sequences didn't leave me with anything memorable. The best part that makes this movie is the villain. This is the best villain so far, and based on the post-credit, he is not even close to done. What really interesting is that we saw him fall to what could have been his death and then shows up at the post-credit. Well done, and it makes me want more. I did feel after watching this movie that I just need to get through it to set up the rest. 
The, ca- oh, and, oh, the cast is top-notch with all the main players delivering outstanding performances and seem to get even better when they are all on the screen at the- once. Those scenes I'm glued to. Right now, I'm all Iron Man. He is the bar that Thor falls short of for now. It is way better than Hulk. I give this a B minus, not much better than average. JC, it's it, it, you get the final word here. So, Iron Man is unique because you have to realize Iron Man got the ball started. So everything is going to be compared to Iron Man, and I I believe I gave Iron Man an A. Didn't you did. I? We gave and, it. I gave an A, and it legitimately deserves an A. There are faults with Iron Man, just like there are faults with Thor. And the faults I have with Thor are my my bottom three. I hate what S.H.I.E.L.D. does, and I hate kind of the the lack of understanding for Odin and the lack of understanding for um, uh, Heimdall and all of that. But at the end of the day, those are small things. Overall, I feel like Joe actually hit on a more important point for me and probably why this was hands down and people laughed at me. Joe laughed at me. This was my favorite Marvel movie and it's still up there after Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok is probably my favorite now, even more than Endgame and and uh, Infinity War and all that. My, I honestly think mine is Ragnarok, then Thor, then probably Endgame. Those, <gasps> those are my top three. Um and it's just, I relate to this story. Yeah. I relate to the emotional journey. Joe, Joe said it earlier. Like, you see uh, Tony Stark go on a journey. And yes, there's emotion to it, but he does not go on an emotional journey. He goes on the journey we wanted to see. He goes on the journey we expect to see for Iron Man. It's great. It's well done. Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor, but nobody expected this from Chris Hemsworth. Nobody (laughs) expected this from Thor. Nobody knew much about Thor. And so even my critiques, as nitpicky as they are, they are legitimate critiques, but the bulk of this story is actually phenomenal. It's good, and then it's tied together with a fantastic soundtrack where, sorry, Iron Man, all you got is Iron Maiden. <laughs> like, like that's <laughs> it. That's it ACDC. Or, sorry, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. And ACDC. And ACDC. Yeah. So it's just, eh. Um, so there are some legitimate faults. So you got to take it from an A plus, or is A that is A's A the top? A is the top. So you got to take it from an A to maybe an A minus. Um, so you got to knock it down a peg. And again, like it, it sounds backwards because I am saying that Thor is an A minus movie, which I believe it is. I believe it is an A minus movie. It is not better historically than Iron Man, but the only reason Iron Man gets that bump is because it started it, and you have to give credit to that which starts, to that you don't get Thor without Iron Man. Right. And because you don't get Thor without Iron Man, Thor cannot be ranked higher than Iron Man, but it's still a phenomenal movie. And so as far as like my favorites, yes, my ranking is Ragnarok, Thor, Endgame. And... So well, you can't get it, higher than Iron Man anyway because it's already an A. Yeah, and so that and so that's the goofy <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. listeners may be like, "You're you like it more than Iron Man, but you ranked it lower than Iron Man." Yes, well, because maybe technically as a film, yeah. it may not do as much, but I enjoy the film more. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's an A minus for me because it does it has some stuff that doesn't allow it to be perfect, but I also think it's way better than average. Yeah. So yeah. B, yes, B is better than average, but it's still 
better than yeah. So A minus for me. Okay. Well, revisiting the list of movies in the pantheon, Thor. We now have a bridge between Iron Man and Green Lantern. The Rainbow Bridge is Thor. Woo-hoo! So it's Deadpool with an A, Iron Man with an A, Thor with a B, Green Lantern with a C plus, Iron Man two with a C plus, and Incredible Hulk with a C. Now we've got one more movie to put in here before the Avengers, and that's Captain America: The First Avenger. This is one of the first shows that you and I did. Yeah. And I feel like back then we really didn't know what we were doing. We didn't. So it, it would be interesting to listen to what I what I thought because here's the thing. <laughs> Can I give First Avenger a legitimate <laughs> critique after how much I hate Captain America? Like I feel like Now do you still hate Cap just out of curiosity? Oh yeah. I you still, I still do. I still hate his guts. Even after Endgame. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. Because this is something that I was wondering. I was like, I enjoy. Granted, I enjoyed the movie, and I love like the interactions of yeah. the two of them. And I also thought that they handled that whole interaction well done. But no, I still hate Captain. Because the Civil War podcast is still Steve's favorite. Oh, I hate. Where that. you and I went at it for about forty minutes. Oh man, <laughs> he goes between that and Newsies. It's like great radio. By the way, I just listened to the Newsies soundtrack <laughs> yesterday. I was just listening to Newsies yesterday. Yeah, uh, you notice how well I edited that. So. <laughs> Well done. I took a lot of stuff out of that one. Very very well done. Sorry, listeners. There's a lot in the behind the scenes on that one. <laughs> there's a history here. There's, <laughs> there's some animosity in yeah, some of these but podcasts. It, we, 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 the only other movies we did was Captain America, The First Avenger, and Captain America Civil War. And Yeah, you, you may have to go from my, whatever I said originally, because I feel like anything I say today will be tainted. Like anything I say today. Well, that's the thing is we're looking at it now in the whole breadth of the entire series. I know. And something you said before was, you hated Civil War, but you want to see what they do from this point on to see if you change. I And after watching what they do, I still hate Civil War, and right. I hate that whole interaction. I get it. I understand it. Could they have done anything different? Emotionally, do I want them to have done something different? Yes. Yeah. Maybe change a little bit of the dialogue. Maybe, maybe give a little bit more of the why. Do, does it fit well into what they ultimately do with the story? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. It fits in. Okay. Doesn't so, mean I like it anymore. Well, that's okay. Well, let's get to the critic stats off now. Do you love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? I'm a like it. I like this movie. Uh, I used to be a none of the above. I like this movie now. And I'm sure in about five years, if you ask me again, it'll be I love this movie. It's because it's a great movie. It, it's a, it is aged well. Of course it does. Uh, Steve liked it. JC. I love this movie. I know. This is like I love this movie. <laughs> top, top of the tops for you. Okay. Ultimate question. Would pre-college kids love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? And I would say none of the above. Only because it's slower paced, and that might be a problem for some kids today. Steve says kids might buy into the whole medieval theme, but then would check out with all the science. Slow points would be snail-like to them. Uh, and I think it would be 50-50 between loving it and liking it. Okay. And the reason why is I've taught enough kids in like middle school age and stuff now where I think there are a bunch of kids that will legitimately relate to the emotional medieval father-son story of it. Yeah. So they would like it because of that. And then I also think there's enough that would think, oh, well, this is boring because there's not enough explosions and pretty girls and low tops and all that. So like I, yeah. I literally, I think it's right down the middle. I think that being said... Natalie Portman looks really, really cute in this. Oh, she does. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but a middle school boy does not see enough cleavage to, to <laughs> enjoy this movie. No, they don't. Let's be honest. Yeah, there, there's a lot less missing. Let's here. be honest. Is there enough cleavage in all of Marvel for a middle, age, um, a middle school teenage boy? I don't think there is. Well, they've done a really good job of making sure that uh, that's not why you watch the movies. I know. I'm. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying we're ta- now talking about like middle school kids. I'm like, is the most you're gonna get Gamora? Because of uh, her suit? Uh, the Scarlet Witch. 
Oh, Scarlet Witch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Scarlet There's Witch. a couple of that yeah. button's a little too low on that shirt. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. We're done. It's already pre-recorded. It's already done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll continue our look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Captain America, the first Avenger. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and give us a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Special thanks to Twisterium and Sound J Music for providing our music that we need every now and then. And thanks for listening and happy movie watching.